0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker. I am a peak-bagger. I am a huge hiking nerd, and every single week on this podcast, I chat with other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. This week's guest is definitely a hiking nerd. His name is Carl Stanfield. His trail name is Professor, and you might be familiar with him already because this past season in 2022 he hiked the calendar year triple crown it was such a pleasure and an honor to have him on the show just just an elite level of through hiking and backpacking let's just say um it was awesome so professor when you hear this thank you so much for coming on and i just want to give everybody a quick reminder to do the five star review thing that every podcast host wants you to do i legitimately want you to do it please go leave a five star review and uh make it a make it a good one and we might just mention it on the show in a future introduction so with that said let's jump into it episode number 136 with carl stanfield professor calendar year triple crowner it's amazing let's do it Carl Professor Stanfield a very special guest on Trail Tales today. How's it going, man? Hey, it's good. Uh thanks for having me here. I'm excited to chat with you today. It's going to be fun. Um thank you for coming on here like a lot of miles last year. I almost said this year even though it's March now. It still feels weird to say last year, but a lot of miles last yeah, year. totally. <laughs> a lot of miles last year. How many how many miles did you end up hiking last year?
1: Last year I was able to stay out and healthy long enough to hike for eight thousand four hundred and fifty one miles. Whew.
0: My body hurts just hearing that freaking number, dude. Oh my god. Um, incredible. Absolutely incredible. We're gonna get into the whole story. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of folks listening that already know your story, but you know, I'm sure there's some that don't. And it's it's so incredible that like I'm sure people don't mind hearing it. You know a second time as well but I think to start um, why don't you just give an introduction like who are you you can give the brief of the story before we get uh, deeper and then I kind of want to get into you know how you learned about through hiking and how you came up with this crazy goal in the first place but yeah um who is who
1: is professor sure yeah and I, I think uh, I, I can I got a little spiel that kind of covers all that stuff. Sure. <laughs> so, I um I I grew up going to summer camp and got kind of involved with the outdoors that way. And so initially, it just I, I liked the community that 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 was. Being outdoors was was kind of part of it, but I I fell in love with um, uh just being in a small group of people and kind mm-hmm. of a, a closed environment. And went on to be like a you know a cabin counselor growing up. And did kind of all the different camp jobs and. By the end of high school, wanted to to work in camps professionally. And so I found um, a really cool college program that was called Wilderness Leadership and Experiential Education. So I got to go do that as my major uh, in Brevard, North Carolina at Brevard College. Just oh, nice. Asheville. I
0: drove through there for the first time back in the spring on a shakedown hike. Uh, oh, nice. Or, you know,
1: yeah, going yeah, to th- a shakedown that's, hike. that's an awesome area. And there, there's lots of good hiking right around there.
0: Yeah, yeah. With the Art Lope Trail. It was cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that was actually the Art Lope Trail. That was my last shakedown hike myself for getting oh. into last year. I did that December of 21. Okay,
0: cool. Cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I um, went to college there and, and did all this um, outdoor stuff. It was it was a really interesting major. We did little bits of all the different big outdoor activities. And a big part of it is um, kind of your, your big project for the whole thing is doing... Um, as, as a small group of about 10, you just do an entire semester where you're, you're doing little bits of of classes here and there. And we got like certifications. So I got like my leave no trace master educator certification and wilderness first responder. And then we, we planned and executed a 21 day expedition that was just all student planned and led. And so I got to go on a trip like that and then experienced, um, Uh, backpacking for an extended period of time and being out there and then found that I I learned a lot about myself doing that. And and, uh, the community was awesome. It was even better in a lot of ways than kind of my camp experiences. So got a a good taste for that out there. Um, And then kind of got my dream job right after college and went back to a camp I'd worked at once in Washington State and moved up to Leavenworth, um, which is a, a PCT trail town. Oh, and, I got some. Um, got,
0: I got some history with Leavenworth. That's where I decided. Oh, to, nice. That's where I decided to bail last year. <laughs> oh, oh wow. So you know it well. Uh, I know it <laughs> you got too that well. Unfortunately, in yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. That place will always be a little.
1: I mean, it's a beautiful town, but
0: a little, a little infamous for me personally. <laughs> yeah, sorry, right. <laughs> and,
1: and and it it already feels kind of uh, non-real, otherworldly because it's yeah, just right? it's, it's such a quirky little spot. Yeah, it's beautiful though. It's beautiful. When it's not covered in smoke, I'm sure it's even more beautiful. Right. (laughs) Uh, So I I got to be there for two and a half years and then uh, ended up leaving that and decided to leave that. It ended up not being a great fit for me. And so I had decided to leave. And on the same day that I, I moved out of my house there at the camp, Um, I was moving to Seattle to be with my girlfriend. I was moving in with some family friends for a little while while I found a place. So the same day I I moved out of that place, my next job fell through and my girlfriend broke up with me on the same day. And so I I hadn't planned on through hiking at all, but I I had just saved up money to move to Seattle and I um, didn't have a job that had just fallen through. So all of a sudden I had no responsibilities and plenty of money and just kind of, Um, just a a little bit into this long breakup conversation, which was totally out of the blue, just this kind of idea popped up into my head of like, Oh, I'm going to, I need something to throw myself into. I'm going to go hike the Appalachian trail. And so that's what got me into through hiking. And so that was, um, uh, December of 2017. So then 2018, I set out to hike the AT in April and then basically just have been obsessed with through hiking ever since then. And so I kind of had a different path that got me interested in and educated in doing things outdoors. Um, I was heading one direction with it and then all of a sudden it became through hiking and then I ended up being really well prepared for that. And so jumped into that and then um, loved it so much by the end of the AT, I was positive I wanted to go again. So in 19, I hiked the PCT. And then, uh, had a a great job just kind of fall in my lap, something I had just done part time in between trails working at an outdoor store. I got invited to be manager of one of their locations. So I was for Alabama outdoors. And so I was living in Alabama at the time and, um, moved to Birmingham the first week of March of 2020 and then COVID stuff <laughs> happened. And I found myself in a position where I was in a town where I didn't know anybody and had no social life and no great way to meet people, but had full-time salary work throughout all of the, the shutdown and everything. Um, I got there and they kept on just managers at, at the stores. And so I was still there processing online orders and stuff and got to be there for on the inside of kind of like the, the, the boom of interest in outdoor activities. Yeah. And so that that was interesting. Being on the inside, seeing what was selling and, and all.
0: Yeah, that would be um, interesting, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the, like the, the first thing to sell in the first week, totally sold out out of Mountain House meals. That stuff was all gone. Really, <laughs> that makes <quick>. sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then buffs completely disappeared. We got rid of all those. Uh, and then we got rid of all of the, uh, the different little climbing holds we'd had forever that nobody ever bought. But people all over the country were buying up our, everyone was building climbing gyms inside and we were one of the few places that had them because we, you know, we'd held onto the stuff for years and no one was interested in. And then all of a sudden we were selling out of this stuff. Uh, so anyway, so I, I had that experience, did that for a little while. And then through kind of processing, uh, just COVID and, and being just emotionally worn out <laughs> from working in Alabama during that time really tense time period and actually where I was, uh, had, um, Mask mandates which people felt strongly about in both directions. So just dealing with with people even though it wasn't my decision You know all that I, yeah. I hate conflict and so just that whole thing just emotionally really wore me out I was ready to get back out of it And so did that for a year and a half worked with some great folks there and had you know Great interactions with people and got to get people excited about backpacking but was kind of dreaming and scheming something big and uh, Ended up putting together this thing that I I wanted to go out and hike the continental divide trail That was the next thing in my program progression. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I found that I loved about my other two experiences was, was setting out to do these through hikes, not sure if I could or not. And so by the the, one, the third came around to do the continental divide trail. I mean, I know it's different and and more difficult in some ways than the others, but I I had enough confidence that just a a standard through hike felt... I felt sure enough I could do it as long as, you know, any, I could avoid bad luck and bad weather and all this other stuff that I kind of wanted to take it to a level where I genuinely didn't know if I could do it or not. (laughs) And so I, the, the calendar year triple crown had been really interesting to me. I had, um, I'd read a legend's book about his, his attempt doing that and had just followed him on, on social media and the kind of stuff he'd been into for a while. Mm -hmm. And that, that sounded interesting and, um, had heard too about, um, you know, this guy Jupiter that had hiked the Eastern Continental Trail and kind of pieced together some interesting things other people had done and wanted to see what all I could do in a calendar year. And then while I was trying to fill up a year of hiking, I went ahead and and looked up what the most anybody had ever done was and then thought, well, I guess if I'm going to be out here for a year, I may as well shoot for a record. And so put that together. And I, I like numbers too. A lot of my, my trail name comes from my being really big on logistics and I keep stats on my hikes just a lot of personal stat stuff. And so last year I I turned 30 in December and at the end of the year and so my goal for last year was to hike 30 miles a day for my 30th year of life. <laughs> so that was what I I set out to attempt okay. um in in trying to hike 11,000 miles last year. Damn. 11,000 freaking miles. And
0: and okay, so the dude there's just so much here. Okay, so so which trails did you end up hiking? I mean, we, the triple crown ones, obviously, but, but my understanding was there's a little bit more, particularly on the East
1: coast, right? That you ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my initial plan, I was going to do more than I ended up doing. I'll go ahead and spoil it now and say, I didn't hit the 11,000, <laughs> but I did do some other pretty cool stuff last year. So why I get yeah. to be here and talk. Yeah. Um, so I, I extended the Appalachian trail and it's, there's, there's kind of a, 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 Uh, A low-key route that's called the Eastern Continental Trail. That's an extension that starts in Key West and goes all the way up into Canada. And so I extended that. I tacked on some trails to the the AT um, and stopped at the Canadian border. And so I started in Key West, and it's about 200 miles of road walking to get up to the the Florida Trail and then took that all the way through Florida. So Mm -hmm. it's about 1,200 miles to go from Key West to the Alabama border. And then there's another roadwalk that connects the one of the the two northern termini of the Florida Trail. To the Pinhoti Trail, so there's another about 200 mile roadwalk, which actually the people in that area love that route so much they actually keep it blazed. So on like really? telephone poles going through this roadwalk, yeah, there's these yellow blazes through like the, these back roads and through like Montgomery wow. and all these places. Cool. It's actually a marked trail. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So the the community down there is really awesome. Does it does um, that, that
0: does it even have like a designated name for the trail at that point, or is it just
1: like you know ECT or whatever? Yeah, it's like the it's the Alabama Roadwalk section of the Eastern Continental Trail. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and so that's that. I think that's mostly the folks that are um, the Pinhoti Trail caretakers. Yeah. Go ahead and put that extension in for folks that, that want to extend it. That's really cool because I doubt there's that many people doing it every year either. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that one's really niche. But like all these other hikes, it, it's growing in popularity. As mm-hmm. I was coming through there, people were, were telling me they'd seen another couple guys ahead of me in the last few days, even oh, as I wow. was coming okay, through. Oh, okay, cool.
0: Damn, that's really um, cool to hear,
1: honestly. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's neat that that route is growing in popularity. And so, um, yeah, so another 200 miles through Alabama and then got to the the southern terminus of the Pinhody Trail, which is at Flag Mountain, which is the southernmost peak in the Appalachian range that's above a thousand feet. So it really is the start of the Appalachian mountains there. Mm Um, and then the, the Pinhoti trail is about 350 miles and I did most of it. I got to mile 310 and looked at a map and the, the route kind of takes you further north and then you cut across onto the Benton Mackay trail and then come south to end up on Springer mountain. But I'd looking at a map, I got to mile 310 and it was like a 37 mile straight shot to get to Amicalola falls on the road. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I stopped there and then took kind of this road shortcut to get to Amicalola falls and then got to be there. Um, early march and start a little bit earlier than I would have if I'd taken kind of the more traditional route of going north and coming yeah, back south. Yeah, it
0: makes sense given the circumstances for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then I and then I was on the AT and then to get to Canada after the northern terminus, you know, there's the International Appalachian Trail which which goes on up into Canada. Um, which I got on a little bit, but I, I, again, was, was ready just to connect. So I, I wanted to be on roads as much as possible, but you know, with, with through hiking, everybody kind of plays by their own rules. So I, as, as I was kind of doing that, my, my rule was just to connect my footsteps yeah. all the time. And so I, I, I wanted to finish up a little bit earlier and so stayed pretty, pretty true, pretty honest to the AT. Um, I know that one especially has a, a big culture around, uh, purism and, yeah. and staying on the trail all the time. And I, uh, in, in kind of the spirit of the trail, I did that as, as much as possible. Um, but after that I was ready just to get to Canada. And yeah. so it was only 80 miles by road. Um, I, I tagged, there's a little connector and I got on and stayed at the very first shelter of the international Appalachian trail. And so I got to just touch that, but then, yeah, it was just 80 miles past, um katahdin to get up to the canadian border and then after that went on and did and other than that it was a pretty traditional just straight hike of the the pacific crest trail and the continental divide trails yeah
0: (laughs) it's so crazy it's so crazy man i can't imagine walking all the way from key west up to maine northern maine like oh man it's so insane
1: um, that, that, yeah, that that one that was pretty wild. F- feeling how far that one is, especially like on a map, especially like seeing how far down, wait, like below Florida, even into the island chain that I'd come from. That, yeah, that, that one felt pretty cool. <laughs> so, so you didn't
0: end up getting the eleven thousand miles, but my understanding, I think, I think this is right. You can correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, my understanding
1: was you were the first person to hike border to border three times in a year. Is that right? I believe I am, yeah. I think there might be one other person that's done it in a year. I think I was the only person to do it in a calendar, calendar year. year. And okay. so it, it's kind of just semantics at that yeah. point. Um and, and I and I'm not positive. I I thought I'd seen that before, but I couldn't find information on it. Um so I'm I'm not positive. But that's you know, that's that's my my little claim to fame and all <laughs> that is getting to be the first or second or whatever to get to do <laughs> border to border three times in a, in a year.
0: Three times, dude. Okay, so you might have said this already. Were you literally hiking for the entire year? Like January 1st to December was it 31st or so 31 days in December? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I think um, so. <laughs> so I when I I decided I got to about Halloween before I realized my body just wasn't going to be able to hold up to what I needed to do. I still had some miles to go. Uh, I got to Halloween and I ended up having to split the the PCT up because I finished later than I had intended to on the East Coast. So I skipped the desert initially and started at Kennedy Meadows South. So I, the last bit that I did last year ended up being the desert of the PCT. Okay. So initially I was going to sprint through the desert and then go over and hike a trail called the Mountains to Sea Trail that goes across North Carolina. And uh, even with that, I, I had kind of I stuck to my rule of connecting my footsteps, but I'd taken a few shortcuts to get there. So I needed to even add on some miles to the mountains to sea trail to get my my goal. Um, and so I ended up tossing that out the window and just decided to to finish up the triple crown. And so took it slower, going through the desert, starting first or second week in November. I ended up taking some time off when I realized I was gonna slow down and, and just finish the PCT. So because of that, I ended up finishing December 18th. last December year. 18th, okay.
0: <laughs> damn blue that's so crazy i'm gonna take a pause for just a second here because i am so excited to announce that this episode is sponsored by who else but ula equipment many of you probably know that i've been using ula backpack since 2014 i was 18 years old when i bought my first one i'm not joking i bought the ula cdt it was the first ultralight backpack i ever bought and I haven't looked back since. I've put in thousands of miles carrying the ULA CDT. I mean, I used it on the Appalachian Trail, I used a different one on the PCT. These backpacks are built to last, let me tell you. The CDT is my backpack of choice, but it's not the only awesome pack that they have. When I was on the PCT last year, I noticed that a ton of hikers were carrying ULA packs. And so I wasn't surprised at all when I learned that the ULA Circuit backpack was actually the most used pack on the PCT last year and the two previous years before that. All according to the Halfway Anywhere Through Hikers survey. ULA's gear is all 100% made in the United States, in Logan, Utah specifically, and so many companies make that claim, but very few of them actually live up to it. ULA does. And I really appreciate that about them. And another thing that I really appreciate about them is that they're always trying to improve their gear and their entire lineup of backpacks is now made in ultra material, making them stronger and lighter than ever before. So with all that said, please click the affiliate link in the show notes to check out what ULA has to offer. If you shop through that link, you'll seriously be supporting Trail Tales. I'm not joking. That is the number one way you can support the show right now one more time i've been using ula backpacks for years i've put in thousands of miles with them long before they were ever a sponsor of the show i think you're gonna love them so one more time hit that link in the show notes and let's get back to the episode okay dude i have so many questions i don't even know where to start here okay actually let's talk about your body so that sounds that sounds oddly erotic doesn't it let's talk about your body no yeah Uh, just a bit but i got a lot to say about it yeah dude because like the first thing (laughs) Whenever I like hear about stories like this, people who hike like absurd—not even the calendar year triple crown—even just people that hike like the North Country Trail, like four thousand miles, like even that's enough to for me to be like, oh my god, I don't know how my body could handle that because I mean, there's been two times now where I've done over two thousand in one shot, and like, mm-hmm. man, it it just takes such a toll. So I can't even imagine like how much you did. So. Let's let's go through like the progression of how your body handled it. So like at the start, like roughly how many actually how many miles a day were you doing? Did that like fluctuate or, you know, on average anyways, did that fluctuate throughout it? Did you start doing more and then end doing less? Did you pick up the pace as you went on? Like How did the amount of miles per day roughly change or stay the same, I guess, as you progress through um, the
1: the calendar
0: year? Triple Crown. Yeah.
1: So that, that definitely it fluctuated. Um, I started out, I, the, the previous year kind of leading up to it, I I'd been in, in decent, um, kind of running form for a little while starting, starting kind of in COVID and then going to, I guess like about the summer before I sat out on this hike and I'd, I'd been running in indecent shape and then just kind of fell into a little bit of just depression and and just kind of general apathy about things kind of leading up to this big trip and so it kind of got out of out of shape a bit so the, by the time i started I, I wasn't in the shape i wanted to be and was really nervous about it but just kind of threw myself at this road walking and the, for the first week every night i went to bed i wasn't sure if i was gonna be able to stand up the next day Dude, like
0: especially starting um, with all that road walking too like that's that's the first yeah. thing i thought of when you said that um, a few minutes ago is like starting at key west and just doing like you know so much road Ugh, god yeah, my being on feet the pavement and just in the thinking heat.
1: About it. Yeah, yeah, right. And so I, I jumped into 30 miles right at the start um and w- was just going sun up to sun down every day through there and it my yeah my my feet were getting pretty wrecked pretty early on um but I just I mean you know from thru hiking it, it's crazy what you can do with a good night of sleep. Mm-hmm. And so to get through the keys I was uh, I was staying in hotels the first few nights. I just I'd heard of people saying like oh you you can just stealth under these bridges and everything. I was so exhausted by the end of the day and, and just already like a little bit nervous about stealth camping so close to civilization that I'd,
0: yeah, especially I didn't in Florida. feel great about that.
1: So <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just shelled out those first few nights. It was expensive, but it, it was worth it to get a good yeah. night of sleep to, to get, I, I, a couple of times I stayed in places that had a hot tub I could walk out to and get a good soak in. And so I, I did that to start, um, and so, yeah, so we're starting with 30 mile days and Florida was, was trickier than I expected it to be. I mean, you know, it's Florida, so it's what's flat, but flat takes an interesting toll on your body. It's not just, um, objectively easier than ups and downs. It kind of wears you out in different ways. And so, I mean, you know, 30 miles in Florida is definitely, definitely easier than, than being in the mountains or, or, you know, especially the, the Appalachian mountains, but it's still, you know, not crazy easy in comparison. And so 30, 35 was about where I was getting worn out. Um, so that that's what I was doing for a while and then got back to the AT and that had been my, my first hike. I'd hiked the Pacific crest trail since, and then came back to it thinking like, Oh, I, you know, I, I did however many miles a day on the AT. I did more on the PCT. And so now I'm back and I'm an expert at hiking and I can just fly through this one. The only reason I was doing lower miles the first time it was because I wasn't as experienced, but got out and man, that trail is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was usually around, I, and I, I could do 30 sometimes. Um, but 25 was was really kind of the comfort range so 25 to 30 for most most of the time going through there um which which set me back a bit and then i planned to pick it up when i got back out west and it it, it did it felt great to go out there um jumping onto the pct even in the sierra with the i i jumped on with with seven days of food with that long carry through that section, and even that felt easy relative to to going through the a t especially the northeast going through the white mountains when there was still a decent snowpack up there was was really tough yeah man that's so my coming back uh, out
0: west that that's my uh, stomping ground up there and that sounds intense
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah i, I mean i love it. it it's one of my favorite places I hiked all year um but yeah it it was it was slow going my longest day of the year was uh I put more hours in doing this day than any other day. And I had bigger mileage days. So I, you know, I got up and did, you know, a handful of days in, in the 40 miles here and there out West. But my longest day of hiking was like just over 20 miles that took like 19 hours going through the whites up there. It's just such Jeez. slow going. Jeez. Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine it's, it's intense up there. I I haven't really hiked there too much in
0: the winter. Cause <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not huge on winter, but I mean, I guess that's not even winter, but just like with the snow and stuff. Yeah. Intense. Yeah. Yeah. Intense. Sorry, did I did I cut you off there?
1: Oh, no, yeah, you're good. I I, I think I pretty much covered it. Um I guess, you know, I picked my miles back up when I got out west mm-hmm. and was in I and I had a handful of 40-mile days out west and and could do 30 to 35 relatively comfortably. Um but then a a big factor in my hike ended up being the the social experience of, of meeting up with people, friends and family and, you know, really obscure connections. Like uh, my, my dad's family friend from when he was a kid that they, you know, they're friends on Facebook now and haven't really connected. <laughs> but, you know, my, my dad shared a thing and this guy in Florida saw this and reached out to me and wanted to talk or wanted to, to, to help me out. And so ended up doing that. And, and then just kind of random people that, you know, a lot of times other through hikers that have been following what I've been doing yeah. and then are, are in one of these trail towns and, and reach out and um, want to, yeah. you know, bring me a meal or, or host me for a little bit or, or whatever that is. And so I stopped a lot of days short where I could have done more miles, but, but ended up getting off to, to meet people um, which, you know, took away from the miles some, but then I was recovering more, getting good nights of sleep, uh, and having something to look forward to and, um, you know, getting a a good social experience through it. So, so mentally staying strong and, and, and really enjoying it through that. So maybe it took away, maybe it made it so I was able to be out there longer. It's hard to say. I don't know. It kind of
0: sounds like it, it kind of sounds like it helped. It certainly helped with the, um, you know, just based off of you saying that there certainly helped with the, uh, I don't know, the mental stuff maybe, because I've always thought that it would be pretty isolating to do a calendar year, triple crown, cause there's, ver- there's almost nobody else that's hiking at your pace. Right. And so it's, yeah. it must be tough to just be out by yourself cause th- that much anyways. So like having those, those new friends to look forward to, um, you know, those stops in town to look forward to when you know you're not just going to be totally stuck by yourself in a hotel room i don't know i i feel like in the rest too like you said i feel like it i feel like it it must have helped it must have helped i
1: don't know yeah i, I yeah I, I definitely think that it did it, it was worthwhile for sure I yeah mean, if it was yeah um and i i ended up i i expected maybe i might hike with a few people out west but there was a guy that was trying to do the at in in less than 100 days that that started in February that I ended up hiking off and on with for, for over half the trail. Oh, cool, And so I cool. ended up having a buddy out there. That, yeah, that was great. And that was part of it was I kept saying goodbye. Cause like, well, for me to be on my pace i need to do this many miles uh so you know it's it's been fun i'll i'll see on the other side but then i'd I'd stop a few times to meet up with people and do shorter days and then there he'd be so we (laughs) ended up finishing together (laughs) so i had i had someone there with me at the northern end of the at which was great yeah that's Um, cool and then on the the pct there were a couple times where i I hiked with a buddy two separate friends that i made that i did like a couple weeks at a time um because out there you know there's there's people that are doing 30 plus miles a day on the PCT, that's, that's not too crazy out yeah. of the question. Yeah, um, definitely. And so there were enough folks doing that and um, were having a good time and, and just hopped on and, and hike with me for a bit. And then there were actually um, as many, we think, as a, a dozen people that were attempting the calendar year Triple Crown last year um, Four of us succeeded and got to do it, and two of those guys I got to hike with a little bit to where it lined up. Um, both on the CDT, we finally met. We had a group chat going with uh, with maybe half of us throughout the year last year, keeping up with each other, which was which was great because you know it feels good to be able to talk to other people doing what you're doing, um, and it's not quite the same as other thru hikers, but other calendar Counter- triple crown guys like that. That was awesome to have other people doing yeah. such a similar thing. Did you and did so you get to meet them, um, Quadzilla, at all? That was the one that I didn't get to meet in person. Oh, man. (laughs) We we chatted all year, and he ended up helping me a ton on the AT because I was – almost exactly two weeks behind him for the entire trail. Oh, wow. And so when we got up to the Northeast to Vermont and New Hampshire, uh, he was putting out videos like a week and a half behind where he was. So I was getting to watch the, the beta yeah. <laughs> on everywhere I was going through on oh, YouTube because he was right ahead of me and then I'd message him about it and we, we'd chat. And, and so I would watching his stuff. I knew it'd be bad, but I knew it would at least not quite be as bad as when he was there.
0: Yeah, that, that 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 makes sense for sure. Um, that that definitely be helpful too. He was um, I I got to hike with him for like, I mean, like a day. That's about as long as I could hang for. But he was he seemed very grateful. There was like a huge group of us. I don't know, not a huge group, but maybe like close to ten people or so. And he seemed very grateful to be hiking with everybody because I think he had been kind of lonely yeah. leading up to that point. So that's kind of where I I uh got that that um. That idea that maybe doing the calendar year would be pretty lonely like that, but it sounds like you were able to, you know, connect with a lot of people actually. Like, um, so that's good. Yeah. Honestly, it sounds like, yeah, you were really able to connect with more people than I would have imagined.
1: Obviously I haven't done this, but that's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then, and then same, like you said, with Quadzilla, I mean, you guys were in a group of, of 10 for a while there. So we, like he, he got to take time and and that, that was one of the things too, that was appealing to me is I I like the intensity of like a fastest known time kind of thing. And doing a count your triple crown is a similar pace, but you on, on such a bigger scale, you know, in, instead of like a five minute rest, you might be able to afford when you're doing like a fastest known time that, that five minutes is more like, you know, 10 hours or a, a day or whatever you can take here and there to have room so it's you have to go at a fast pace but you still got flexibility and so you know there were times i could slow down and this person's interesting i'll stop and, and have a, a break with them and then have someone to chat to for the next few hours mm-hmm. um and, and oh and i was gonna say also with with quadzilla i started like a day and a half ahead of him at kennedy meadows and so i was really oh, hoping wow. to meet up and then so we, we were really close so i might have been close to you too i don't know yeah when you, you guys probably were each other. You probably were, um, but I, was ahead of, ahead of me at that point, but for sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, but still we, we would have been close, but that, but you know, as with a, a regular through, like that much space, we never saw each other on trail and we were yep. just so close to each other. A, a lot of the year.
0: Yeah. It could be, you'd think a day, day and a half, whatever you're so close, but yeah, it just, it just doesn't happen a lot of the time. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I want to talk about your gear just a little bit now. I f- <laughs> normally we don't we honestly don't talk about gear too much on the show. And when we do it's usually joking around and stuff, but I'm particularly interested with you just because you hiked so many freaking miles. Like I just want to know like what held up honestly for that yeah, for that many miles. I'm sure you were swapping things uh throughout the experience or maybe not. I don't know. What what were your like um your big four? We'll just we'll just stick to that.
1: Yeah, 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 totally. And, I, and I, I love gear. I know it's kind of like not everyone's into it. Some people are super into it. I'm in the super into it camp, but mm-hmm. yet that people aren't into it. So I, when people ask, I love talking about it, but I, I don't just okay, go Okay, cool. The only for, reason for I hesitate <laughs> is just because like, you did so much. Like I'd hate to just like
0: neglect any of the actual experience oh, sure. just to talk about the tools. But it is important, yeah. honestly, and I am genuinely curious because like I just said there, it's just, there's a few people that are putting that much you know wear and tear on their gear, so I'm I'm curious to to hear about what held up.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. So I um I I, I had the 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 privilege of having been a gear reviewer for the Trek for the last few years, and so I, I knew this trip was coming up, so I was able to kind of stockpile like some pretty nice gear. So that's how I was able to get the kind of the good stuff. Um, and so I, I started out with a um a tent that ended up being a little bit too small i got the the dcf version of gossamer gears the one and i'm right at six feet tall and i'd used the the other just the the standard the one before and that was perfect And this was just a, a little smaller and just didn't quite work out so then i switched and had um a z-pax altiplex kind of their long tall tent yeah and i, I never got a single pinhole in it anywhere and zipper worked great it held up really well um and i I don't think I actually ended up setting it up that much more than for a normal hike. I picked it up in um, in March and then through my first leg of the trip um, from the first 158 days, I actually stayed more nights indoors than outdoors because I was meeting out with people so often. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and so for that first five months, it was actually only, you know, like 80 something nights of camping. Um, but, but yeah, I used that tent for the entire year uh, I did plenty of cowboy camping when I got out west so I, I don't know how many I, I wrote it down so I, I can figure it out and I'm still kind of running through eh, my, the ballpark. Uh, my stats of the year but but anyway so that, that tent held up great for however many nights that ended up being somewhere between one and two hundred nights of setting it up it, it's still in great condition um, my sleeping pad I did swap out I had a Nemo Tensor long wide uh, insulated for the first leg of the, of the trip so that took me to about June, it started getting a really, really slow leak in it. It was fine, um, and it probably would have been fine even with a patch. It wasn't a crazy leak. But I switched to a Thermarest, you know, just the, the NeoAir X Lite, yeah, and used that for the rest of the year and never had any trouble with it. And so for the next six months, that pad held up great. In my quilt, I had a um, a CataBatic 30 degree flex, which was super warm. I, I kept waiting. I had a zero degree Enlightened Equipment Convert. That uh, I was waiting to have my sister send to me at some point, but I 30 degrees or a katabatic 30 degrees was fine the entire way, um, wow. all the way through the the AT. Cool. I, I I never had to camp in anything that was lower than the 20s, but with an insulated pad and with that quilt, I was I was totally fine, and that one held up great. I didn't swap out of that one until almost October. I was getting close to Colorado, and I switched to my zero degree at that point on the Continental Divide Trail but 30 degree was great for most of the year. I held, it's in great condition still. And I, you know, I slept in that quite a bit, um, sometimes even when I was inside. And so that, that one did great. Um, and then packs, I, I was playing around with it a little bit at the beginning. The pack that I used for most of the year, probably eight, maybe nine months out of the year. I had a ULA Ohm 2.0, That um, I've taken it and I've, you know, <laughs> I have done a couple talks and brought my gear with me. People have asked if it's the same pack and I haven't even cleaned it. It just, it looks great. <laughs> I love um, it. it. It's in good condition. It, it's the, the really vibrant purple one. And the, the color is just so bold and it doesn't show dirt very well. I can unroll it and you can see how the sun damage has, has taken it. It's cold, <laughs> but um, it, it's still in good shape. And then, so I, when, when I was able to use just my summer kit, which was maybe three months out of the year, I had um, a light AF uh, 30 liter pack that, that also that held up great for that period of time. Um, and then uh, odds and ends, like my, my stove and my pot lasted the whole year. My down jacket lasted the whole year. So some stuff lasted the whole year, but my big four, I was kind of swapping out a few times. Yeah. Which, which Uh, makes
0: sense when you're hiking and when you're, first of all, when you're hiking that far and also different conditions, different trails and stuff.
1: Right. Right. But for the most part, I mean, none of that stuff was too worn out. It it would have lasted longer and I still have it and plan on using it later. It, It was more the seasonality that, um, caused the change before the wear and tear did.
0: Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense for sure. Um, dude, like, <laughs> that's crazy. Th- those ULA packs are really pretty bomb-proof, honestly. I, I used yeah I used a, CD- a ULA CDT on the AT, which is kind of funny to say out loud. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, I used a CDT on the PCT, too, but a different CDT. But anyways, um, I was just waiting for that thing to break, and it never did. I did have, on this PCT, the uh, the, uh sternum strap did end up breaking but i had mm. used it a lot before the pct even and so and i was it was a pretty pretty easy fix too so those things are pretty sweet i i don't really know too much about you said light af yeah yep. i've never used their stuff before you said a 30 liter pack was that one a frameless a frameless pack mm-hmm. i was gonna yeah, ask because yeah. I, I, I had that oh sorry um because like what did you say the ohm was the one you used for yeah, ula yep cuz the ohm the ohm is a framed pack if i'm not mistaken right yeah and that so you, that was for like the more i don't know when you're carrying a heavier a heavier setup and you switch to the the frameless pack for the lighter stuff
1: yeah yeah exactly so like my my base weight with the when i had the ohm was was somewhere between like 12 and 15 pounds, having kind of like you know winter gear more layers all that kind of stuff yep. and then my my summer kit was like Somewhere between nine and ten pounds, and so that that was comfortable enough to carry in the light AF. And then the nice thing about doing big miles is the food carries are all pretty short, <laughs> and so you know when when you're regularly going in the mid 30s, a hundred miles between town is like less than three days worth of food. And so that that's that's a nice factor to it that even though it, it's a smaller pack with smaller capacity, I didn't ever really have to carry that much food. Other than starting out in the Sierra, that was my longest stretch at 7 days and I had the um the ULA pack for that stretch still. So you so starting from Kennedy Meadows South, I'm assuming, where was
0: the end of that 7 7-day seven stretch?
1: Yeah, yeah, so I I got I did 200 miles from there to uh to Mammoth. So I just Damn, went straight through that's to get savage. to the next road. That's awesome, dude. So yeah. Yeah, that that was that was a, a setting out getting back on the PCT was one of the hardest parts of the year uh having gotten comfortable i took 10 days off between the the at and getting out to the pct and then starting from you know the at the very beginning of the next trail not even at the southern terminus so it's not even like this this like sexy i'm starting a new hike picture it's like just kind of I took a, a picture next to the sign that's like at that campground just north of like the general store. <laughs> so it's not even like a cool starting point. I don't know anybody on this trail. I'm about to not have cell phone service. My pack's the heavy it's been all year. Uh, it was, it, it was tough mentally getting back out there, but a few yeah, days into it, I ended up getting in a really good groove Um, in, in kind of my, my longest wilderness stretch of the year. Nice man. Dude, that section, I mean, I didn't go all the way through to Mammoth Lakes, but
0: like that section was tough for me too. Um, some of the hardest, like just carrying all that food, and then you have to have the bear can through there too. So right, it's pretty, it's pretty, bro- dude. Your your pack must have been heavy as shit with seven days worth of food plus the bear can. Like, man, that's that sounds awful.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. It, yeah, it, it was. I I bet it was probably forty pounds or so at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's intense, super intense, but
0: you made it work um can we transition a little bit and talk about like the social media thing so so um just for everybody listening one thing i've been trying to do lately um since i kind of restarted the show here is when i have people on that that have done other podcasts or or that are content creators i like to try to come up with a few topics that they haven't talked about you know at length on other shows basically to try to do something different and when I asked Carl if there was anything that he hadn't had a chance to talk about that much on other shows, um, one of the things he brought up was the social media experience. And so I think I think that's like super interesting because it kind of sounds like you, you started this project and then all of a sudden you've got all this attention on social media that you didn't have before. Is that a fair way to, to describe it? Yeah, yeah, spot on. And I don't know, like for some people that would be great for some people that you might not want that, I guess, um, before you started the hike, say, w- did you think that social media was going to be like a big component of the hike? Um, or did it kind of just evolve into that? Like, can you just kind of talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I hoped that it would end up being a big component of it. Um, I, I'd kind of been watching through hikers for a while and, and, and seeing what works. And I mean, you know, my dream is to be able to get paid to go out and do this, to have sponsorships and stuff that I can actually support myself while I'm being on trail and, and get to be paid in some capacity to do the thing that I love most. And it felt like the, you know, the, the most direct avenue to get there is, is through a following on social media and, mm-hmm. and seeing people, it seemed like just kind of the longer you do this, the, the more followers, more people you meet, every year out there doing that kind of the more that that grows. So that felt like something that that seemed reasonably possible that I, I hoped could happen. Um, and, uh, and it did just kind of, you know, at, at a fairly steady pace throughout the year. And through that, I, I, it was cool seeing the effect of that on trail, um, from, you know, when I started out really not even seeing that many people and then getting to the AT and then actually like getting recognized for some of the first time uh was, was was a really I don't know it was a cool feeling I, like I'd I, I won't sugarcoat it like I, I liked it <laughs> The attention yeah. was really cool it was, was it weird at all too um I didn't I didn't think it was weird it, it was it was just really exciting um like I got to I got on the AT and got to Neil's Gap you know like 30 miles in uh-huh. and and went to go and, and get a few things and keep going and I, no no hikers had has said anything to me yet, but I got there and checked out. And a couple people that were that worked there had said like, hey, I, I think it's really cool what you're doing. Like, good luck with it. And nice. so that, that, that felt really cool of, of just getting that. And then um, as much as anything, like it made my conversations... Easy and convenient that I'd, I'd meet people. And when I, you know, we only have a couple hours to, to talk with someone while you're sharing miles, that if they knew who I was already, I didn't have to like waste time explaining what I was doing. Like they already knew who I was and, and could like ask deeper questions. So I got to have deep conversations with people pretty quickly um, and then, you know, get to spend more time asking about other people because they, if they already knew about me, I, it was just kind of a time saver really. Yeah. And, and, and saved me from having to explain kind of the, a lot of base level stuff, a lot of the time with other hikers. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that was really nice. Um, it, it made me feel more welcome when I got to the PCT that, um, you know, setting out was tough, but within that first day, I got recognized a handful of times on this brand new trail, which, which felt, uh, great that like, and gave me hope too that I'd be able to meet and connect with people pretty quickly because it, it was all really positive interactions. At least people that said that they recognized me, maybe people, you know, saw me, knew who I was and, and avoided me or uh, I don't know, but everyone that, that came up and said that they knew who I was, 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 was really kind and, and just wanted to chat a little bit. And it, 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 it made the social experience so much better for me. Um, even on trail, the off trail stuff aside, like it was great meeting out with people. Um, just, you know, a lot of the time, other, uh, through hikers that lived in towns or whatever that wanted to help out, that, that was great. But, but on trail, like people, knowing who I was and being able to just jump right into conversation with folks was great. That was a huge boost.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. You know, it's kind of funny when you brought up like the social media thing as a potential topic. I wasn't really like super sure if it was going to be like a positive thing or a negative thing, because obviously like there's a lot of, you know, negative sides to social media as well, especially these days. Um, And so it's cool to hear that you had like such a good experience with it. What were there? I hate to you know get all negative but like were there any cuz just cuz you know I I have a following as well and so every now and then maybe not so much in person but you know there can be some bad sides to it too so was there mm-hmm. any was
1: there any like negative sides to it I I like genuinely believe I might have had one of if not the most positive social experience ever Hell yeah <laughs> man that's amazing like, it, I'm so glad it was to hear great. that honestly Yeah
0: I I
1: yeah I don't know what it was I mean I tried to be just as like positive and upbeat and realistic as possible the whole time and didn't get anywhere near mentioning any kind of political anything like I I wanted just to talk about hiking stuff and not put any opinions about anything anywhere else of just like there's enough of that elsewhere I just want to talk about this hiking thing that I'm doing Uh, and I did and like the, the only time that I ever got any kind of negative feedback in any sense. I, I had like one real on Instagram that I made that ended up getting a lot of views. There were a couple of things that were negative from people that clearly just like were, had no idea that there was even a, a long distance hiking community yeah. just saying stuff, you know, that like, and that that's easy enough to brush off too of like, oh, this person just clearly doesn't get it. That's fine. Yeah. But anybody in the community that I had any kind of interaction with was, was only ever exclusively positive, which which was awesome. I kept waiting like, <laughs> oh, maybe now my, my following big enough. People are gonna start being mean to me. And it, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I'm so, so glad so, to hear uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was great. And it, it feels too like this this precious thing that I don't expect to always stay that way. I'm sure there will be negative things, but it, it's been great. Um, the only negative side of it 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 was never with interactions, which was great. Um, but I think, you know, some of my lows were times when I would, um, just, just fighting like, um, like phone addiction and screen addiction. And just like getting, getting to town and like getting on, getting, getting clean, getting in the hotel bed. And then like, Oh, I'm exhausted. Uh, and, all day like I'm gonna be asleep by like 9 p.m. tonight that's gonna be great and then 1 a.m. I'm still on my phone and yeah (laughs) just like like taking away so it took away from some of my my rest and recovery time of just being on it um it it really never got too stressful as far as like oh I need to like update and and everything uh I, I just and I think I was just like mentally in a good place with it. Every time I I posted anything, I did kind of like a journal style thing of like, just have had an update of like, like three to five days at a time. And just like a couple sentences about each day. Every time I did that, it, it, I was imagining I was doing this update, like just for my family. Like this is what my grandmother would want to know about what I'm doing right now. So it felt like I was like personally telling my family what I was doing. And so Mm -hmm. when I was, envisioning it that way it didn't feel as much like like work to do and more like i'm i just want to let the people that that care about me know what i'm up to and um, and, and, so that,
0: and doing that i imagine you probably made it a lot more uh personal too and relatable for people that weren't your your you know your close friends and family and stuff so i think that's a really i think that's a really smart idea honestly i might have to uh i might have to steal that if you don't mind <laughs>
1: yeah no no totally that that's great i, I think i i just try to stay as genuine and honest to who I am and kind of what I'm talking about and the way I talk about things and it, I had great results with it. And so that's, I think I'm fortunate that I, I kind of, that who I who I like naturally am is something that's like conveniently easy to digest for people. I don't have any of these, I don't know. So that worked out well and I'd encourage other people to do it, but I think I am fortunate that that just what that ended up being was something that people liked and could relate to.
0: Yeah, I'm so. I said this a few times already, but like, I'm so glad that you had like such a positive experience um, with the social media side of things. Because, like I said, like you know, that can go either way sometimes. Um,
1: Yeah, totally. I've
0: had a overwhelmingly positive experience with it as well. I mean, it's allowed me to do what I'm doing now with all this content, so I'm very grateful for it. I will say that on Instagram, I hardly ever get negative feedback. On YouTube, it's a lot different. On YouTube, yeah. But kind of like you just said there a minute ago, like, uh, you know, on the one time you got some bad feedback, it's like a lot of the time it's just people that just don't understand, like, what you're doing. They don't understand the through hiking yeah, thing. Yeah, they don't understand totally. backpacking. Um, so, you know, like you said, it's easier to kind of brush it off when that's the case. Um, another thing that I think would be cool to talk about here, another thing that you brought up is something you haven't talked about too much, is I think the way you phrased it was the differences between yourself on trail and in regular life. And this Mm -hmm. is kind of interesting because a few episodes ago I did, um, I did a, yeah, I did an episode with my good friend, um, Jessica poo, who hiked the AT in 2018. We met, um, on the AT and she also has done the Colorado trail and some other stuff. And we did a whole episode where we just went through ways that through hiking has changed us in our normal lives. And, it was really cool. If, if, if people haven't listened to that episode, uh, please go back. I can't remember the number, but it was probably like four episodes ago or something like that. And I don't know. It was really cool. So I wasn't really sure how to take this in terms of you. Um, so I guess to start, let's just go there. I mean, I know you haven't been back for a ton of time, but you have been back for, you know, some months now. And so in what ways do you think like your experience out there has changed you? in your regular life now?
1: Yeah, so I, it, it's interesting. I, I think that the biggest change occurred um, just from the, over the period of my very first through hike. Um, like, I mean, the, you know, last year also definitely changed me in some ways, but I mm-hmm. think the the most stark contrast was before I had ever through hiked anything to, to finishing the Appalachian Trail for that first time. Um, and, and just kind of like discovering this other I don't know, it's almost like an alternate personality that exists in me that's just like all the things that I wish I could be in normal life that I may be too timid to be or do or say, uh, getting out and through hiking the first time, just all of that came out and I got to be all of those things. And I know that's something that a lot of people uh, experience to some degree, and, and and it's kind of naturally built that way. You go out and you likely don't know anybody else that's out there. Maybe one partner if you bring somebody, uh, and you get a, a new name, like a trail a trail name and a new identity while you're <laughs> out really there. It really is and like a just,
0: fully new identity, isn't it? It's really
1: yeah, it's totally. <laughs> And, and, and the people that are getting those new identities are often people that are in some kind of transitional period in life. Yeah. So it's people that want to be different and it's, it's this great avenue to be this different person. Uh, and that's what I came into it as my first time too. I just kind of had all these other things in my life end at the same time and was starting fresh and got to be that. And so it it is this other, yeah, kind of other personality or other person that, that that is inside me that I get to be on trail. And I, I was kind of disappointed coming off trail to realize how, like how quickly I kind of go back into to old habits of, uh, like I, am I'm, I'm a pretty big procrastinator with things. Uh, I'm a little bit more timid in my interactions with people and, and all these sorts of things than I am on trail. Um, but knowing that this version exists is like something that I can draw from at times. Like I, I fully believe that I'm, I'm capable of doing things now that I didn't used to believe I was. Um, and just like fully know like, oh, I've, I've done things harder than this. I've like had more difficult encounters with people. I, I've done these things I needed to do to survive and I'm capable of it. So so knowing that deep down just changes the way that I interact with people. At least knowing that it's there, even if I don't always get to be like my, my full best self, mm-hmm. I know and believe that it's there. But it was interesting last year that by the end of the year, I had been on trail long enough that some of that luster of being in this thru-hiking environment wore off. And some of those things kind of manifested while I was in my trail headspace. Um, and so the biggest thing being that, like, I just, my ability to be uh, focused and have great routines and everything is just so different on trail. Like when I, Start a through hike, I'm just right away on these things, and that kind of started to fade by the end i I had trouble sleeping in like really often <laughs> on days <laughs> I needed to get out going like yeah. by by the end the last few months um i I don't think I ever left a hotel without getting a late checkout, <laughs> and when I was starting out, like leaving in the keys. I I was missing, I would leave before they'd even set up like their continental breakfast because I needed to get out and get on trail. And then I got to where like, the the cleaning people were shooing me out at like 1230 and one (laughs) o'clock leaving these hotels. Um, And so those kinds of things happened. um, And It, yeah especially after I I changed and wasn't going for the record anymore a lot of that stuff really came out to where I'd had an initial like new goal of like all right well I want to finish and and be home by like December 10th and then reassess if maybe I want to go do some hiking in North Carolina and then you know that gets bumped back and bumped back and then taking extra days off here and there and and it all just kind of really slowed down uh but but yeah just I, I kind of lost touch with my ability to stay as routine by the end of it. The, the two kind of bled together a little more at the end. Um, and then coming back afterwards, it's, it's been tough. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure like you, you've, you and, and other guests have talked about just kind of the, the post trail depression era that you mm-hmm. go through, um, and just having difficulty getting motivated for the next thing. But also knowing that like I've been through this before and I've experienced this and I I know and expect it to be difficult off trail. And I know that like this is part of the experience. And so it's not even necessarily depression so much as like an apathy of just not being as excited about things. Having, you know, I I had this big dream and went out and did it and had, uh, you know, some level of success with it. And so it, it just feels so good to be making progress towards a goal for so long. And now it's hard to kind of nail down one goal to move towards. And even when I do, it's not, nothing's as tangible as I made this many miles in the direction of my progress every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and so just kind of refiguring that stuff out post trail. And so it's, it's difficult, but I expect it to be difficult and I'm not upset that it is. I just know that that's kind of part of the the experience.
0: Yeah. And I mean, obviously this, this past year was different than just, you know, your one through hike of the AT, but, do you think going through that, like the first time, you know, finishing a through hike and then going through the the transition of coming home, do you think that has helped you at all
1: this time around? Yeah, I think so. Uh, just a, a lot like hiking, like the thing that, that eventually got me through the tough days was knowing like that everything always ends. Like you you experienced that enough times that like I've I've hiked enough rainy days that I know at the end of the day, no matter what happens, I'm going to be... Uh, comfortable and warm and have food to eat like that's coming later <laughs> and so even during the tough tough bit even if maybe it's not necessarily that day um, that at least like oh, there's a hotel in two days like I get through this there's this nice thing that's that's coming up um, that similarly with this like I've experienced this before and I know that it's difficult but I know that it's, it's going to end and, and just to to stick through it and so yeah. even if it's tough now I'd I'd i, I, I Know and believe that it's not going to last and that that makes it easier to withstand while it's happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's such a good attitude. And like, yeah, that's that's honestly like such a good takeaway from through hiking, too. When it comes to other things in your life that are that are difficult, we're gonna get deep here for a second. Um, but no, that 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 really is that really is so true. Um, dude, we're getting towards the end here, so thank you for coming on and doing this. and. I it's a I feel like it's a tall, or I feel like it's a hard ask to to have you choose just one story from all the uh, all the miles that you've done. Um, but it's it's trail tales. This, this is what we do at the end. So, uh, did you have a chance to think of to think of a story, whether it's from you know the 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 all the hiking you did last year, or from the AT before, or or any hike you've ever done? Did you have a chance to, th- to uh, think of a story?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got one. This is one of my favorite stories to tell in person. I haven't talked about it on podcasts a ton. Um, but this is like my, my go-to trail story that okay. I tell people that's just like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it happened uh, the first week I was on the Appalachian Trail. On my very first through hike, I met one of my most interesting characters that I've ever met on, in any <laughs> of my hiking. All right. And so I was with uh, you know some some new friends, and we, we got to a shelter. We're still in Georgia, and, and it's lunchtime, and we're we're getting there just to set up and have a break. And there's one guy that's standing outside the shelter, and he's um, probably in his 30s or 40s. It's hard to tell. He's smoking a cigarette. He's he's got um, you know real leathery skin. His shirt's off. He's got long hair, uh, long black hair, Matrix sunglasses on in his cargo shorts, real skinny dude, just standing there smoking a cigarette. Looks like a little bit sketchy. It's like the AT, the first weekend, so we, you know, we've seen some sketchy folks, that end up being all right. So we go up and we talk to this guy, and he's he's plenty nice and we get to, you know, exchanging names and um I just got my troll name I'm excited to introduce myself as professor. I ask him his name, he says, Oh, I'm Paul and I said, Oh, Paul And he said, Oh no, I'm Paul. And then he pointed at his chest, and then I saw what he was talking about, and he went on to explain that in this life, his soulmate was his great Dane named Anna, and she'd passed away a few years ago. And he was heartbroken and didn't know how he would go on with life, but decided he wanted to always have her with him. And so he had her cremated and then had her ashes put into a silicone pouch that was the exact size and shape of her paw, and had that paw subdermally implanted into his chest. So what? on this man's sternum was a paw that's, like, coming out. Um, <laughs> and it was the ashes of his dog. And he, with a big smile on his face, he said, yeah. And they told me I was actually the first person to ever have that done. And so this man is <laughs> paw. <laughs> yeah, I was going to so we say, on, must he must have some a other name stories. Yeah, right. So he went on and said some other stories. And after we walked away, we realized, like, this guy was crazy. Like, he said a bunch <laughs> of stuff. Like it was, uh, you know, like just no big deal factual things. And it, I, being away from the situation and talking about it, it was all really far-fetched stuff. But we had seen the paw physically in this man's chest. So we knew one of the crazy things that he said was true. And so, it yeah, it just made this guy like a trail legend for us. And my biggest regret in all of my hiking career is not getting a picture with this guy.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Damn. So I, 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 <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I always tell the story of people and, and I always like, um, the one other time I told it on a podcast a long time ago was I asked if, if anybody somehow knew this man and got a picture with it, I would love to get that picture because this is like such uh, like a trail legend that I'd I love to talk about. He's such an interesting character and had the most interesting body modification I've ever seen in person. And I, if there's a picture out there that exists of Paul, I would, I would love to be able to see it and get to share it with people.
0: Yeah. I want to see that shit too. Paul, if you're out there, dude you gotta you gotta you gotta let carl know and let me know too
1: send me an email that would be yeah let's, hell, I'll, uh, let's hell, I'll, I'll get him on the off. podcast
0: screw it <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah that would be a guy <laughs> to talk to for sure i mean ask some stories
0: yeah bet, dude that's whole i mean i feel back it's like you know like it's sad like you lose your pet um but like wow that's yeah i'll say Gee, that's, that's pretty a, extreme that's, <laughs> I was that's exactly what i was about to say it's a little extreme <laughs> must have been a must have been a good a good dog um <laughs> damn dude i wonder how much that added to his his base weight his body weight whatever weight that's, that's yeah, yeah right i mean he
1: yeah he was a skinny dude he he had he had run out of food we were a few days from town people were he was surviving on oatmeal from other people's packs at that point oof uh you almost know, not, had to
0: break out the ash
1: to get yeah, him in town. Yeah, right <laughs> there's yeah some nutrients in there right <laughs> it's gotta be something
0: all right dude um thank you so much for doing this can you uh, go ahead and tell people where they can find you, your your social media, Instagram, anything you want to plug here?
1: For sure, yeah. Uh, for now, I, I just am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook too, but I share the same thing in both places. And um, Facebook's kind of for friends and family. Instagram is where I, I put all my stuff out. And so that's at prof underscore carl. So it's P-R-O-F underscore C-A-R-L. And uh, I'm, I'm still going back through. I've got a lot of stuff from last year I haven't posted. So I'm still in the process of putting some of that stuff out. And then... Um, Uh, yeah i'm you know i'm trying to make this a lifestyle as much as possible so plenty more adventures ahead hell yeah man
0: well um well thank you dude i'll have a link to your instagram in the show notes and thank you for listening everybody that's gonna do it peace sweet
1: cheers